On this week's episode of Read, Watch, or DNF, we seriously ponder life choices as we discuss Jenny Han's To All the Boys I've Loved Before. And it's a 2018 Netflix original adaptation of the same name. We ask the question, why? Just why? Also, I'm almost certain this book gave me PTSD. Yep. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Read, Watch, or DNF, the podcast where we, uh, Mel B and Jackie D here, your hosts, Hi. drunkenly break down book-to-screen adaptations each week. We flip a coin to see who will read or watch first, then we come together to compare notes and see if, you know, how closely the adaptation follows the book, which we prefer, if the order in which we read-watched affects our reviews, and why do we do this? It's a mystery. It's one of the great mysteries of the world. Um, but it doesn't matter because we watch, we read, so hopefully you don't have to DNF. If this is your first time with us, welcome. If you're returning, we love you. And if you haven't done so already, please take a moment, give us a rating, five stars if you think we deserve it, and maybe leave a review. It could be as simple as, sup, bitch? You know, we'll take that. Because uh, it really helps us in this world, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts, because that's what makes our podcast more visible so more people can find us. Also, check us out on the social medias. We do have the Facebook, which Marina, our lovely social media manager, will not let us get rid of. We also have the Instagram, the TikTok. And if you're following us on Twitter, then you talk to me daily, because that's where I'm at. You can find us at ReadWatchDNF, or uh, if you're looking for us on the TikTok, if that's really what you want to do, at ReadWatchDNF underscore podcast, because our original handle got Banned. That's right. We got street cred. News. I did a guest appearance uh, the other day on the Unbound and Reround, Reround, the Unbound and Rewound Horror Podcast. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I got to sit in there because I read uh, Grady Hendrix's new novel. It's How to Sell a Haunted House. So yes, on top of the books that we read for this show, the books that we read for the other show, our personal reads, uh, I and then for me, I also do the beta reading and the arc reading now. <laughs> I decided to read another book on top of it all. This book so was many. great though. I think I read it in about a day and a half. So really, really good. My first Grady Hendrix book, uh, I have seen the movie, My Best Friend's Exorcism, and I think Jackie and I are going to be doing that here soon. We're going to have that book. But this is the first book right here that I read, and I really enjoyed it. But I did hear that it is kind of different for from his other stuff, so um, now I'm even more intrigued. But that was a lot of fun. So if you're interested in that, check out the Unbound and Rewound Horror Podcast. That is uh, this Thursday, she said it should be released. Cool. Dedication. I'm not dedicating F-bombs to anybody this week. Y'all can go fuck yourselves. I'm angry about this week. So <laughs> yeah, if anything, dedicating it to me. You should. Jackie, what are we drinking? Well, I am drinking, uh, I was going to drink an IPA because IPAs torture me. Um, but I ran out of that. So <laughs> I am drinking Founders Porter. It's described as dark, rich, and sexy, which is the complete polar opposite of this book and movie. Yeah. So it's appropriate. I agree. I uh, I'm I just put vodka in a water bottle. 
because that's what teenagers do, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, I distinctly remember my friend Eva in ninth or tenth grade hmm. having a water bottle filled with vodka, and we would sneak out into the hallway in between classes, and I would take a sip or two. Damn, so. Jackie. I did find us a cocktail. It is called the Love Bug Cocktail. It's adorable. It has four ingredients. It has grenadine, vodka, lemon, lime soda, like so Sprite or 7-Up, and then white cranberry juice. It's adorable. I guess like this movie was supposed to be. But it's also for Valentine's Day, so. Sounds awful. It sounds like I would drink it, Jackie. Yes. So do we have any drinking games? Please. Yes. Yes, we do. All right, let's go. I found a couple, but I'm going to go with our good friends at drinkwin.ca. Drink when anyone says Lara Jean, anyone says Margot, Lara Jean narrates. Mm. You see a letter or a month passes. So anytime they do the whole like November, December, whatever. Did they do that in the movie? Yeah. I wasn't. I fucking missed that. Okay. <laughs> it shows up. Um, and for the extreme version, add in Peter for an additional 25 plus drinks. So anytime anybody says Peter, that is the drinking game. Thank you, Jackie. You're welcome. I read first, but actually I did it a little bit different this time because we were time strapped. I was talking about all those books we've been reading. So I had a free Audible credit and I said, let me see. And it was only eight. It was about eight hours is what it said. And then I know Mm -hmm. that you can speed up the pace, like how it plays back. Yeah. To cut off time. So I had a day and I was like, I'm going to get this done a day. I'm going to fucking listen to the whole book and I'm going to watch the movie. And it fucking ruined me. Okay. I hated it. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever do an audiobook for this again. Maybe I will just to see if it, it actually is that bad. Maybe it's the audiobook. Who knows? We'll talk about it later. Uh, no, we watched, I watched it on Netflix because that's what we're doing this month. Everything's on Netflix. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Woohoo. Mm. Uh, I watched Netflix, obviously. I read the Kindle edition, Simon & Schuster, Books for Young Readers, Media Tie-In Edition, April 15th. That's like, because it's got the the movie poster as the cover? It doesn't, actually, because on the cover, it's not the same uh, person as the actress that played Lara Jean. Oh, yeah, mine wasn't either on the audiobook. It's like she's, like, laying on her bed or whatever. Yeah. That one. It was that one. But it has the Netflix, now a major, or Netflix movie, whatever. April 15th, 2014. Huh. I hated it. Okay. The book. This is what what it's about, people. Listen. What if all the crushes you ever had found out how you felt about them all at once? 16-year-old Laura Jean Song. Laura Jean. And actually, that's not her last name. No. Fuck. It's (sighs) Laura Jean Covey. Yeah. Thank you. There's a whole thing in the book about what, you know, it doesn't matter. Laura Jean keeps her love letters in a hat box her mother gave her. They aren't love letters that anyone else wrote for her. These are ones she's written. One for every boy she's ever loved. Five in all. When she writes, she pours out her heart and soul and says all the things she would never say in real life. Because her letters are for her eyes only. Until the day her secret letters are mailed. And suddenly Laura Jean's love life goes from imaginary to out of control. Kill me now. Gross gross so gross what does imdb tell us in five words or less (laughs) more than five letters but one sentence a teenage girl's secret love letters are uh, exposed and wreak havoc on her love life which is by the way 
non-existent. Okay. It was directed by Susan Johnson. Runtime is one hour and 39 minutes. Too long. It is rated TV 14 because it was made for TV. And the estimated budget was 18 million. And I was half tempted. I was half tempted in the notes to be like, on what? Yeah, I don't understand. Maybe some of the actors, like the dad, he's from Sex and the City. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't care. And Northern Exposure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I don't know why he did this. He got tricked into it. <laughs> reviews. Let, let's talk about these reviews. I'm so excited. They're so amazing. So, Mel, by the way, um, there are, what, like four one-star reviews on there? Because I just <laughs> yeah. couldn't stop. It's, it, I couldn't. I haven't even written my review yet, and I, I, I'm going to have to just heal emotionally. I'm going to have to recover before I get into it because I have a feeling it's going to be nothing but F-bombs and then it's probably going to get banned from good reason. I, I, I don't want to do that yet. Okay. Huh. But somehow this book got 4.06 stars out of five on Goodreads and almost close to 800,000 people rated it. <laughs> 46,000 of those fuckers actually wrote reviews. 40% of those were five out of five. Bullshit. 33% of those were four out of five. 18% were three. 4% two. And 2% one. I feel like something's wrong here, but it's okay. Five stars, because they exist. Still just as cute and lovely as the first time I read it. This is a reread. A reread. Five stars. They read it back in 2015. I love these characters so much. These books just make me want to spend time with my family. Love! Exclamation point. What was there to love about the characters? Seriously. I, fu- I just I want to know. know, because there was nothing to love. I, I, I don't know. Three stars, just says cute with uh, little pink hearts. <sighs> All right, one, first one star. Lara, <laughs> Lara Jean is just a bit too childlike for my preferences. Is this a, like, what, what preferences are we talking about? But that's fine, you know, keep on. Every time she called her dad daddy, I cringed a little. You know I what? Did too. It, it is a little, because when you read in the book, I think it's just because we've been so smutified that when we see the word daddy, it's like, daddy? No, we don't. I just. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe it's because we're Yankees. Anybody calling anybody daddy over the age of, I don't know. Annabelle calls Nick daddy. Well, I said we're northerners. Mm. We're down south. He's from down south, like rural Georgia. Jackie's nearly 16-year-old daughter calls her dad daddy. It can be cute. That's what I'm saying. Like, yes, we see it and we immediately cringe, but it can be cute and not weird. How I'm defending her daughter. (laughs) It's okay, Annabelle, I got you. (laughs) I wish the story was taken further with the letters being sent out. I thought it would be a huge all caps deal, but it was really just a bit silly and none of the guys seemed to care. That was something too. The guys were like, oh man, no, I just thought it was kind of nice. You know, I'm gay though. What? Okay. This book wasn't what I expected from all the hype. I don't get why everyone loves it so much, but I'm glad other people could enjoy it when I didn't. See? Fair. Very nice. Uh, Then there's some caveats to this. It goes, I changed my rating to two stars because I like it significantly less than some of my three-star books. What? (laughs) Yeah. So you bumped it? Okay. They they (gasps) rated it it initially at three stars. As a three. Okay. It was initially as a three. Got it. Okay. Initially as a three, first caveat was changed to two. And then this is the second one goes... Change my rating to one star because I really don't like it. 
I respect that. <laughs> uh, next one out of five. I hate this book more than I hate people who use the bathroom stall next to you when literally every other stall is open. And that is one of my biggest pet peeves. It is. I, I, I agree with you. Because you just... Today... No, this is even another thing. Today, we pull up in front of Starbucks for our morning, like, you know, meet up with the dealer. And Norrin goes to get out of the car to go in and grab the drinks. And all of a sudden, I see her... Oh, no, no. She was, like, walking out from getting the drinks. So she's... She has the drink carrier and like the food that I'd ordered for her. She opens the door and she's trying to get in. And all of a sudden I see her like kind of just like hurry up and jump in and like throws my drink at me and closes the door real quick. And I was about to be like, what the fuck? And then I realized it's because somebody was waiting to pull in directly next to us. And even my 16 year old daughter goes, there's like four other spaces <laughs> open next to us. I go, why then why'd you move? Why'd you hurry? It would have been stupid and silly to sit there and watch them wait for you to get into the car instead of just pulling into yeah. the next spot. <gasps> one star. Do not recommend. Next one star. This book made me so angry. It sounds like it's me. Normally I'm sad or happy or a bit fed up, etc. But never angry like this. The book goes along in one long drag. Then suddenly it just stops in the middle of nowhere. Dear Peter, what the hell? That is not a cliffhanger. It is an unfinished book. A lot of things don't get resolved and it is all just so blah. I, review, I refuse to read the rest of the series unless someone can really convince me. What a waste of two days. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, <laughs> this is another one star and it's funny. I'm going to explain the gift to you because I use the gift for it. It starts off with dear book. And then there's a gif of uh from the hangover, right? Yeah. That movie. Yeah. Where he's looking at him, he goes, You are literally too stupid to insult. <laughs> and then at the bottom it goes, I swear I knew it was her LOL all caps. <laughs> Good job guys. These are some yeah. these are some solid reviews. I, the ones I'm talking about. I, I love the one star reviews. <laughs> love them. Okay, the movie somehow got 7.0 out of 10. This is what happens when you let 15-year-olds do stuff, okay? Well, yeah, some of the reviews that I saw were just like, I am 16 and I love this but this movie, whatever. Oh, you, speaking of 15-year-olds, listen to this real quick. There was some drama on book tweet, on the book Twitter. Mm -hmm. There's always drama, but you know, it doesn't affect me. I kind of just like look in. I'm like, ah, and then I, you know, step out because I don't want to be involved. But this one was about... All of these um, 15, 16 year olds, because a lot of people uh, like of the adult variety in BookTweet, they really appreciate when people have their age or make it very clear like that they are above 18 or at least like, you know, that 17 and a half kind of thing. Because when you're talking about scenes in some of these books, right? Um, okay. Twitter doesn't have a lot of censor rules. So no. you can put anything up there. So if you're posting like a, a screenshot of a text or, or like the text in the book or fan art that gets a little wild sometimes, things like that, you know, adults on there are a little uncomfortable if they have like kids following them. So they're just like, hey, okay. if you don't have your age in your bio, like I'm probably just gonna block you. <laughs> so that I, I don't feel uncomfortable posting stuff. Or like sometimes people will be like, oh my God, that's so crude. And it's like, I don't fucking care. Don't don't follow me then. But so there are some kids, 15 year olds that started like beefing with these other users. Like, you know, I, it's really sad that adults are here. Like BookTweet is really for like 15. That's the age that's here. And it's like, excuse me, excuse uh, they're me. They're being ageist. 
Also, no, because you're not supposed to be here because when you're talking about shit like um, the Mindfuck series, uh, no, Miss 15-year-old, you should not be reading that. No. Yeah, okay. So, fuck off. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Jackie. I am to be. Good times. Good times. Uh, yeah, seven out of ten. It's just over uh, 111,000 uh, ratings and 452 reviews. But the ratings, the highest was 7 out of 10, 27.8%. 10 out of 10 was 12.8. 9 out of 10 was 9.5. 8 out of 10 was 21.6. So it just kind of like does this whole like mountain, valley, mountain (laughs) kind of thing. It's confusing. People are confused by this movie. (laughs) 6 out of 10 was 16% and 5 through 1 was just over 12%. But 10 out of 10 rating uh, title was amazing my favorite film ever i'm so sorry (laughs) this is a great romantic movie for teens it is really well acted which i would not agree with okay and it's such a good movie i think anyone who is interested in romance movies will kill to watch it because it fits perfectly in the genre i don't want to meet the people who would kill to watch this movie because oh that would frighten me it really does uh seven out of ten worth watching but nothing revolutionary it was a very cute story and nicely shot for the most part i found the dialogue to be natural and believable and the fake dating trope though far from something we've never seen before is one i can never get tired of Okay. Though I was rooting for the main couple, I felt the resolution required a tad more buildup. I loved the overall concept and characters, but I did feel more could have been done with them. That's fair. Yeah. But based on what you wrote, I feel like seven is too high, but I'll, I'll yeah. accept it. I'll allow it. I think I think maybe five would have been adequate or yeah. four. Yeah. yeah. One out of ten, 7.6 question mark are you kidding oh that question must have mark? been rated that point at some time yeah and this was from august of 2018 so, so right after 7.6 at the time yeah i thought there can't be a worse love story than twilight here you go and a lot of the one one star ratings had to do with twilight they're like i thought twilight was the worst but i was wrong and <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I almost feel bad, like for Twilight, that people are comparing this movie to me. Yeah. Almost be like, leave Twilight out of this, all right? <laughs> I mean, How dare it's you? Still, kind of a romance, but it's a different genre of romance. Who oh, fucking knows? It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about the bad acting. I mean, the casting. So Largine, who is the main character of this, she narrates the book. That is played by Lana Condor. Um, She's in all the sequels to this. Oh, yeah, she was Jubilee in X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. That's cool. Peter uh, Noah, how do you say his name? Centineo? Centineo? What is it? Centineo? 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 I know. Everyone talks about him all the time. He is gorgeous. I absolutely agree with you. Um, The first time I've actually seen him, though, was in the Netflix original series. Is it Netflix? It's Netflix. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Netflix. Mm-hmm. The Recruit. And it just, that speaks home to me. And if you know, you know. So uh, watch that. He is fantastic in it. He's like the main star in that series. Uh, but he is gorgeous. It was weird watching this because I was looking at him. I was like, oh, you're cute. But you kind of look like a baby in this one. At least in the other show, you look like a man. I have very mixed emotions right now. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. And then we have Margot, who's played by Janelle Parrish, who looked like a 30-year-old uh, yeah. in this movie. She's in Pretty Little Liars good for her she does she looks like she's fucking 30 this isn't saved by the bell era where they were 30 playing high schoolers like we actually have teenagers that act today so gross uh really? kitty who kitty who is the youngest sister is played by anna Cath cathcart cathcart uh she's yeah. in the descendants movies two and three you know disney stuff chris or christine that is uh lara jean's best friend she's met that's where we I knew I fucking yeah. recognized her. She's yeah. uh, played by Madeline Arthur. And if there's another, I think it's Netflix again, or maybe something else I forget, but it's called Devil uh, in Ohio. Yeah. It's so bad. Cult stuff. Yeah, but it's so bad. We got through one episode, maybe. No, we, we watched a couple because we were like, wait a minute. And then it started, we're like, this is, just, I think three, Jackie. I think we actually got through three. Uh, What's her face from uh, Bones? isn't it oh yeah her um uh, the new girl's older sister yeah yeah no uh, cousins i think they're oh i thought they were sisters doesn't matter she was bones you'll figure yeah. it out yeah. josh who is the i don't he was the older sister's boyfriend he's their neighbor he's lara's best friend used to be crushed who fuck it he's played by israel broussard that's a nice name Happy Death Day. Oh, that's, yes, yes, I do remember that. I do like Happy Death Day. I remember going, I was like, I know him. And then he was in the second one of that. Jen, who is actually Genevieve, right, is played by Amelia Baranak. I think so. I don't, yeah. I don't know who she is, what she's done. I, I didn't see anything familiar at all. Yeah. This, this is her, her, her claim to fame. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to say something. Mm Mm-hmm. The rest of the the, car- the casting, I think, was fine, except for Margot because, again, she looked like she was 30. Um, and she also, okay, this is going to sound bad. She also looked like she, she looked like she didn't fit in that family. No. Okay. I'm just going to leave it at that. Not only yeah. was she fucking old, she looked like she didn't fit, but that's fine. In the book, they're talking about how Genevieve is just like, or Jen is just so beautiful. Oh my God. She's like, it. she's like perfect. The most popular, like that bitch, right? Mm-hmm. When she came on screen in the movie, I'm like, who's this? <laughs> she looks like this little mousy, like, she looked like a hot Cheeto girl at first, really. Like the one that's going to fight you in the bathroom. The one that's always like spraying body spray in the back of the class. Not yeah. the most popular girl. Not the most gorgeous girl. She's pretty don't get me wrong i'm not shaming i'm talking about if we putting her up against noah centineo or centineo um as like this power couple and they've been together for two years and they're just perfect that is not who i would cast nope she is not the teen version of blake lively or somebody like that so yeah let's just be real okay can we just be real about this she's cute she's not fucking gorgeous in that sense just saying, just saying. Dr. Covey, the father, he is played by John Corbett, who's my bet, my big fat Greek wedding, awesome movie, Northern Exposure, yes, Sex in the City, duh. Uh, and then my big fat Greek wedding, the 
two and the third one's coming out. That's pretty yep. cool. I'm yep. all about it. I love I love those movies. Me too. So we uh we talked about what we loved. Now let's talk about everything that we don't fucking love because this movie was fucking awful and the book. Okay. So first up, it has that fake relationship, fake dating trope. That's the premise that we're going off of here in the book and the movie. So that's the same. Fine. And that's about it. And I mean, there's a lot of other stuff that's similar, but there's also not a lot of stuff from the book that like you had to keep the same because it really didn't fucking matter. No. So they were just like, oh, let's just make this flow better for time's sake. And they, they did fine. Netflix, you did a fine job. Setting, it is supposed to be in Virginia. Like, I think they're supposed to live somewhere around us, actually. Like, in the northern Virginia, right yeah, outside because, of D.C. area. Yeah, they make references to when Margot's coming home that she and Josh talked that they were going to go to D.C. to mm-hmm. see the monuments or something, go to the mall, whatever. Um, and she talks about UVA a yeah. lot for some reason. So, yeah. Whatever. But they filmed it in, or not that they filmed it there. They made the setting in Portland, Oregon. They actually really filmed it in like, Canada. Uh, that makes sense. Vancouver. It's probably cheaper. Yeah. But Portland, Oregon, like, why? I don't know. Steven brought up a point, though, while we were watching it. I was like, because I said that right away. I was like, this is supposed to be in Virginia. Because he saw a license plate. He's like, oh, Oregon. And I look up and I go, no, this is supposed to be in Virginia. And he's like, well license plate says Oregon I go that doesn't make any fucking sense like they're supposed to live by us and he's like well I guess they wanted a city to sell and I go then you could have did it in like LA or New York or Seattle like Portland no offense to all you Portlandians or maybe (laughs) I don't know you're fucking weird but you're good we love you if you're listening to us we love you (laughs) keep Portland weird yay huh then there's like other little stuff, you know, the Peter's car is not the same because he has like a convertible little sportster thing, but he's got a fucking Jeep like a douche in this yeah, movie. It's an, it's an Audi two-seater in the book. Yeah. Uh, Kitty wants a dog. That's a big thing in the book. Uh, Lara, Lara Jean bakes a lot in the book to the point where like you could bake along with her. But it makes it seem like in the movie that she doesn't know how to at all. I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't know. She's, she's, I got to watch myself a little bit because I want to say just the meanest shit. And I shouldn't because she's technically a child in the story. So, okay, I'm just going to keep it to myself. But you know who else was technically a child in the story, but I will also rip them the fucking shreds. Mare Barrow. So if we ever have to do the Red Queen, she's not safe. Um, I, I respectfully request that we never, ever, 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 ever. We'll see, Jackie. Ever times a thousand, a million, infinity, ever do that book. One of the big things that is different is the reason behind why the letters get sent out. Not the person who sends them out, just the reason. And I don't know why... We had to like wait for the big reveal. It was so obvious. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's because it's supposed to be like from Laura Jean's point of view. So she's not aware of that. That her, her little sister's the one that sends it out. But <sighs> I digress. Does it fucking matter? No. But in the book, Kitty mails out all of those letters, love letters. And first of all, you know, let me finish this thought. She mails them out because she's upset with 
Lara Jean for making a joke and alluding to the fact that Kitty has a crush on Josh. So she got angry and she sent it out. That yeah. is seems like realistic behavior from a little sister. Mm-hmm. Why were the letters addressed and postmarked? Like, why did they have stamps on them? Because that I bitch could have put them in the mail, but if you didn't have a like a stamp on it, it wouldn't have gone anywhere. Anyway, you know what? Mm-hmm. Again, I digress. In the movie, the little sister does it for more like altruistic reasons. She's like, I just wanted to help you, you know, because our sister moved and you just needed to get out. It's sad. You're hanging out with me on a Saturday night. You know, I'm nine. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Both <laughs> reasons are fucking stupid. The fact that we had to wait to the end for the, the reveal of who did it was stupid because we fucking knew the whole time. Now, the thought I wanted to go to Jackie. Why are we calling them love letters? Because my question, I get the initial reason, but she even admits it herself in the book that these are her like breakup letters. This is her way of saying goodbye. So she loved them, but she's like, you're an asshole. I realize that you're selfish. Goodbye. I mean, in the book, what's his face? Peter, the first thing he does when he walks up to her and goes, I don't have an STD. (laughs) That's the shit she's writing in these letters. So why are we calling them love letters? Yeah, I I honestly don't know because she's actually kind of mean. Yeah. In the love letters, you get, uh, quote, love letters, end quote. She rips them to shreds. It starts off with like, yeah. we did this and then you kissed me, but you stole my kiss. You didn't, you just thought you deserved. She's basically kind of describing sexual assault in this letter. Not a love letter. (laughs) Also, so these letters were written sometime around the preteen era for her. Uh So a lot of the reviews, or or at least one of them, um, that I didn't include in what we read earlier, uh, but one of them said that they had to get like a few pages into the book before they realized she was 16 and not like 12 or 13. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is severely emotionally stunted. She is. That severely. when I was reading it, I was like I'm going to pull in a comparison. So my 16-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. she's not necessarily interested in this. You know, she's not boy crazy. She's a little bit more on the alternative side. Love it. But the thing is, like, she still comprehends these type of topics. Yeah. She is not naive to the point of, like, ignorant. Because she she listens and she's aware while she's at school when the other kids are talking. So yeah. the fact that she is so stunted to the fact that she doesn't understand how, like, relationships work. Mm-hmm. Not that you need to know everything about them, but she's... I'm trying to think of an example that is in the book where I was like, this makes no fucking sense. You cannot be that stupid. Well, for me, with the book, Lara Jean, it's just, it boils down to any relationship she has, whether it's family, friend, boyfriend, whatever. Take, for example, her friend Chris, her best friend. Yeah. She is an awful, awful friend. Awful. She is so incredibly self-centered. Chris is. Christine. Um, and Laura Jean's like, no, she's my best friend. I love her. But I will say, out of everyone in this book, Chris is the only one that actually comes through for her when they go on the ski trip. Yeah, but I think that the portrayal in the movie is a little bit better. Yeah, they do. Course. I mean, she's she's clearly just 
uh, like for herself. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to defend. She's, I'm not trying to justify or defend her that she's a good friend. But I think deep down, the reason Laura Jean is still so close to her and doesn't let her go is because Chris will be the one that's just going to be brutally honest with her. And I think Mm -hmm. deep down, Laura Jean craves that. Yeah. But she could have gotten it in a different format if she wasn't like surrounding herself with Chrissy and her sisters. Because mm-hmm. her older sister is really more like her mother because their mother died when they were very young. And then her younger sister was very, very young. So instead of Chrissy, not Chris, Chris, not instead of Laura Jean being like a role model big sister to Kitty, she is almost taken on this role of like, I'm also just another child in this house for our older sister to take care of and she 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 doesn't even know how to make coffee in the house because she's like that's what that was margo did that and margo did this and margo so so question about that how can she not know how to make coffee but she can bake who fuck i don't none of it makes sense jackie i think this author is just like what's something that's so simple oh coffee she doesn't know how to do that baking Baking is measurements of multiple ingredients. It's chemistry. At certain times and stuff like that. Coffee is just water, coffee grounds, coffee maker. That's it. You hit a button and it does its thing. That's it. Or they could have just got a fucking Keurig and everyone would have been fine. Why, Why does she know how to bake snickerdoodles? But I don't, not I don't know. make coffee. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And there's like other shit she doesn't know how to do either because it's convenient for her to not know how to do it to make her seem like she's just so innocent. I'm like, no, no, that's not innocent. That's that's just fucking dumb. Like drive? Yeah, drive. Yeah. Also, that was also <laughs> something I was like, <laughs> Stephen made a comment. He's like, oh, wow, classic. He's like, that's original. The teenage Asian girl can't drive. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Netflix, why did you keep that? (laughs) That is a difference, though, if we're going to talk about driving. uh, She actually gets fucking T-boned in the book. They just have her almost run into Peter. Yeah. I think Netflix even took it like, you know what? She's not that bad. She's just not very (laughs) aware of her surroundings. (laughs) Even Netflix read it and was like, no, we're not going to do that. (laughs) The other thing, though, in the 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 romance novels that you brought up is so yeah. weird that they harped on it. I think she read like one in the book, but in the movie, that's like her whole personality. But I will appreciate her uh, uh, obsession with John Hughes movies. Oh, yeah, the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But th- they start off the movie with her like imagining she's in a romance novel. Yeah. And then later, they, there's other scenes where it's akin to that. And then she has like her imaginary Josh that's in there talking to her, telling her not, yeah. not everything's a romance novel. I'm like, who the fuck are you? And why are you in this room right now? She did not have hallucinations in the book. Yeah. Very weird. Not I didn't like all. it. <laughs> there was a point when I'm listening to this audiobook and I texted Jackie and I was like, these girls have some serious codependency issues in the book. <laughs> It was, at first it was a little cute, and then I realized, no, this is a problem. This is an actual problem. These girls have no identity. The movie does a better job of, like, separating them and giving them their own identity. Like, Kitty is very snarky, smart. You know, she's playing chess with the dad. Cute. Um, Laura Jean is hopeless. 
and Margot is old. They did a good job <laughs> separating them. But they I think did, they, they did. Yeah, I think they did. Uh, the relationships in the movie were so much more believable. Yeah, than... it made more sense, especially when she was doing like the um, FaceTiming or whatever to Margot, and those conversations made more sense. Like I think there's a scene in the book where she's freaking out about the letters being sent out. She's like, I got to call Margot and calls her and it's 10 o'clock because, you know, she's in Scotland. The girl goes mm-hmm. to college in Scotland. And I was like, that's fucking weird. But OK, cool. Anyway, calls her and then she's like, are were you sleeping? Bitch, that they're like six, seven hours ahead. What are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, do you not realize that time zones are a thing? And then her sister's like, no, I would. No, I just I've been just up really early and tired. Yeah, because She's six, seven hours ahead, depending on where, especially in the movie, if she's Oregon, like it's basically tomorrow. That would be like nine, ten. Yeah. It's, it's so much later. Are you sleeping? Yes, I am sleeping. What the fuck? Well, and it is, it's not just that. It's when Margot comes home and she happens in on, uh, what was it? The, the kiss that or the no they didn't kiss it was uh peter and josh were doing like their testosterone dick measuring thing yeah in the front room and margo comes out and hears it and it was so cringe and then she's like she was upset and it's like bitch you dumped him well and and the thing is is like uh margo didn't talk to her for days i think it was yeah yeah she was giving her the silent treatment and then i guess she told her dad that Laura Jean was a slut or something like that. Yeah, which is super mature. Yeah. The thing that's going on, well, we're bitching about all the little things, (laughs) but really what's happening in this story is Josh gets dumped by Margot and he's still their neighbor, still friends with them. So he comes over a lot and I guess him and Laura Jean get a little closer, but also he receives a letter. So he's like, oh shit, she liked me. I didn't realize I liked her too. I just, I didn't know. And I didn't believe it for a second. Didn't believe it. I'm like, if that's who you wanted, that's who you would have went after. I don't know why Margot was the one that you're like, she's the girl. Made. Fuck you, Josh. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Peter also gets the letter, but he's the one that initially comes up there and he's like, hey, I don't have any STDs in the book. That was my favorite. <laughs> Loved it. He's like, but I don't have any STDs. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he talks about the letter. And then he starts going into the whole like, hey, you know, like I appreciate it. I'm flattered. And she's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to. I don't want to date you. But what happens is she sees that Josh is coming, like out of the corner of her eye, and he's also holding a letter, and now she realizes what's happened. So she's freaking out, and she doesn't want to be confronted by Josh because she's all about, my sister's still going to get back with him, I know it, because that's my, my whole personality right now is I care more about my sister and her underage boyfriend. So she takes Peter and kisses him, and Josh sees it. So Josh is like, oh. And walks off, right? So now Peter's just confused as all hell. Rightfully so. I'm going to say this. I don't think Peter did anything wrong ever, okay? I want to be on the show, the podcast. The villain was right. Put me on there. I will defend Peter up and down. Still, I will say fuck him, okay? Because I hate teenagers and I hate teenage boys. But I think Peter was the one that was used and abused throughout this whole thing, okay? He was By everybody. essentially assaulted. Yes, he was, he was sexually assaulted on school property and nobody did a damn thing 
So anyway, so she's like, no, I don't, I don't want to date you. She walks off. Later, Peter confronts her and she admits like, hey, I was just trying to make Josh jealous. And he's like, isn't he dating your sister? And he's like, well, they broke up and he got a letter too. And Peter's just giving her some shit. You know, he's just being a cocky teenage boy. But he had just broken up with his girlfriend. What they were dating two years or so. I think, yeah, right. There was, it was a long yeah. relationship for a teenager. So he's yeah. like, hey, why don't we, why don't we do this? Why don't we do the fake dating thing? Because then Jen will realize that it's over. Josh will get the point that you're not interested in him anymore. We don't have to have these awkward conversations. Because that's really all it is, is they don't want to have difficult, awkward conversations with these two other individuals. Yep. But here's the best part. They still end up having these difficult and awkward conversations at every fucking moment in the story and the movie <laughs> with these people. So what was the point of the fake dating? Because Peter keeps going back to Jen. He's the, he cancels plans with Laura Jean to go do that. And she's getting jealous. I'm not going to lie. At first, I was like, bitch, why are you? It's fake. But then I was like, you know what? If I were a 16-year-old girl holding hands with this guy every day, pretending that we're lovey-dovey, I think I would probably be in my ovaries as well. If he's like, why yeah. are you talking to your ex-girlfriend? Are you guys doing stuff? And she's so fucking naive. She doesn't think anyone's having sex. Mm -hmm. And then finds out you are the only one that's not having sex. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that, that was funny to me. But that's what's going on. So you have this weird love triangle on top of the secret fake dating on top yeah, of the, like my, my sister's boyfriend. Square, actually. It's like a trapezoid. Yeah, because you have Lara Jean and Peter. Yeah. Peter and Jen. Yeah. Lord Jean and Josh. Josh and Margo. It's sure. like a trapezoid. It's a love trapezoid. Yeah. And then also, like, Jen is treating Lara Jean like shit the entire time, but Peter won't do anything about it, which at the same time, I'm like, listen, he tried to break up with that chick. They, he, that's probably who he lost his virginity to. Guys are not soulless all the time. You know, it's girls like this that fucking ruin dudes, and that's why we get less stuck with them later on. <laughs> And it's it seemed like it was a lot more in the movie than it was in the book. Um, Jen treating Lara Jean like shit. But I guess I'm, I'm thinking about like the the scrunchy thing. Oh where yeah, Jen. Well, he took was in it my room last night, and he gave yeah. me a scrunchy. That was a bit more dramatic. Yeah, she doesn't actually go and say that. To yeah, Laura yeah, yeah. Jean in the there's movie. less confrontation or in for the book, sure. Rather, yeah, yeah, there's less confrontation in the book, but she's still kind of petty and catty. But there's that there's there's something that's said when they're at like some party in the book. Mm -hmm. I think they have the same party in the movie, but she says something that I guess Jen causes a big fight. It's so super dramatic in uh, the book. But Peter does say something. This is what guys need to understand. Okay. When she's like, what's the point of us fake dating if you're just going to keep going back and, like, talking to her and doing all this stuff? He's like, well, we have history, you know? If you if, if you think I'm just never going to talk to her or I'm never going to care for her again or something like that, he's like, that's just not the case. And I'm like, you know what, dude? You need to make it the case, okay? Because yeah. that's never going to be a thing where women are just like, oh, that, yeah, that's totally fine. It's yeah. cool. You know why? Yeah. It goes deep down biologically. It's not just a culture thing. It is a biological, instinctual thing for a woman to go, you're with me. You're supposed to be solely providing for me and caring for me and my needs and maybe that of our offspring. You cannot share this attention with any rivals. <laughs> it is a biological, deep down, instinctual. We will never get rid of it. So guys, you need to make it a thing. Okay? Yeah. 
We don't fucking care about your history. If you're with us, that history doesn't exist anymore, okay? It was set on fire and burned to the ground. There's not even a fossil. Napalm. Yeah. Nobody's going to dig that shit up in 100 years either. Did not exist. Okay? The only other big difference that I would say from the book to the movie is uh, Dad seemed a lot more aware in the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the book, he was just like, what's going on? Okay, yeah, whatever. And then just went off and did his thing. I think this is a case, we've had this before with other ones that we've done, where I think when you adapt it to put it on screen, it becomes more obvious. Because in the book, you can kind of forget about it. But if you do that on screen, it's like, where are the parents? Where (laughs) where are the chaperones? Like, (laughs) I even said that when we when we watched the movie finally and Steven's sitting there and they went to the ski trip in the book, I wasn't even thinking about it, but watching Mm -hmm. it on screen, I'm like, where are the chaperones? These are children. Why are they in the hot tub alone at night to the point where somebody can be like, they were having sex in the hot tub. I want to know where the chaperones were. Yeah. (laughs) Also where around here can you drive a couple hours and go skiing? Is that a thing out here? Uh, yeah, over in, uh, Shenandoah area, they're, they actually mention one of the resorts that I've been to, uh, Wintergreen. Oh, okay. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Skiing's just not yeah. my thing, guys. But apparently they're skiing, because they talk about it in the book, too, and the book's supposed to be, like, where I live. <laughs> I'm like, where is yeah. the skiing? I don't understand. Absolute last thing, the ending. In the book, <laughs> it just ends with Laura Jean writing a letter, or starting to write a letter, rather, and just says, Dear Peter. But in the movie, she actually finds him on the lacrosse field, mm-hmm. and they kiss, and the letter's completed, and stuff like that. And I, just, I just, hmm. This is where I agree with Netflix. I'm like, good job, Netflix. You yeah. actually carried it on so we could have a sequel, where in the book that review is like, that's not an ending. That's not a cliffhanger. Yeah. That is just, you forgot to print the last page. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I agree. So I agree. Are we ready to talk about our reviews? Yes. Go ahead, Jackie. (laughs) Matt. Do you want to save yours for last? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Movie, generously, I'm going to give it a five out of 10. If you don't pay attention to the bad acting, it's not awful, but it's also not good. So, middle of the road. Yeah. Okay. Book. Um, I, period, can't, period, even, period. All caps. One out of ten. I had to put it down after each chapter and take a break. And most chapters, by the way, on my Kindle zoom page mm-hmm. is like one screen or page or two i just said like ugh i can't <laughs> please make it stop uh i don't understand that this book is intent i i do sorry i do understand that this book is intended for young adult readers which i definitely am not we are definitely not. i'm 42 we have given birth to young adult <clears throat> readers yeah but this book is right up there with the only nicholas sparks book i ever attempted (laughs) didn't even complete but attempted to read as far as almost insulting the reader's intellect 
And the characters were absolutely awful. They were unbearable. I actually don't yeah. know who I hate more, Lara Jean or Mare Barrow. Actually, no, I do. Mare Barrow, across the board. Yeah, Mare, 100% worst character ever. Lara Jean, just slightly above. But you know what? What I can defend Mare on is at least she was doing shit. No, she wasn't. I mean, like she was not that it was important. She made it seem like she was the only one, but she, she was no, doing. Mare, Mare was talking about doing shit and fair, then having fair. other people do it. Fair. And then right. complaining about how she couldn't do shit. Do you see how angry we are about this week that we have so much anger? We have to take it out on other books that have nothing to do with this movie. Five out of ten book. One out of five. Garbage. This is my rating and review. Okay. No, just no. Fuck no. Okay. 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 One across the board. The fact that I have to give it anything, it's going to be a one. Because I can't okay. give it a no rating because then people, because I, I give the classics the no rating, right? I don't want to mm-hmm. be part of that. So people are just going to assume like, oh, well, you just were unsure. No, I was not unsure. I was absolutely sure. I fucking hated it. And I don't even want to give it this one star. And I, when I say I think I have PTSD, this is what I'm going to explain to you. Listen to this book all day long, right? Even sped it up to the point where it was like, like that's, that's where I got to at the end. Then I was like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. Finished it. I was like on the last four minutes of it. And I was like, Steven, get in here. I was like, We're, put this on. Get this movie primed, all right? It's on Netflix. Put it. He's like, what? What are we doing? I'm like, just put it on. Finished it. Took off my headphones. Pushed play on Netflix. It started. I was shaking. The minute she started talking in her voice, I was like, I can't, I can't, but okay. It was like deep breaths, deep breaths. And I explained this to Jackie. I objectively was looking at this movie going, I can see and understand how this is an adorable movie. It looks cute. It looks sweet. There's nothing too offensive to my senses in it. But because of this book, I fucking hated it. (laughs) And then my husband thinking that he's funny decided the next night he was going to put on the sequel because when the first movie ended on Netflix, it originally starts playing the sequel trailer. And he's like, I want to know what happens. And I'm like, no, no, no. Next night he puts it on and I'm like, no, turn it off. He's like, no, I want to see what happens. You made me watch the first one. I want to see. Ha-ha. And I'm like, okay, I can ignore this. And then my body was shaking and I turned him like, you need to fucking turn it off right now. He's like, you can't be serious. I'm like, I am so serious. I will literally let you do anything else if you just shut this off. He's like, oh, okay. I couldn't even, I could not even block it out like as if it were background noise. It was making my whole body <laughs> shake. So I have PTSD. I'm going to sue. <laughs> <laughs> well, we read slash listened and we watched. We're going to let you know so you don't, you know, have to fuck with it. So Jackie, what do you say? Uh, I would say if you were told that you had to either read the book or watch the movie before you could continue with your life, and I'm not saying that, you know, it's life or death, it's just it sounds next, like acti- next activity in your life, um, aside from the essentials like eating and drinking water and stuff like that. Okay. But before you could go on to the next activity, um, you have to choose one. I would say just watch it. Just watching it first absolutely made me hate the book. And I probably would have hated it either way. 
Mm. So just, if you absolutely have to do one or the other, just watch the movie. All right. Well, then basing it off of um, Jackie's standards there, I would rather set myself on fire. Okay. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, so (laughs) that ends that. Thank fuck. Because I am so over it. It's over. It's We did it. Uh, Okay. Next week we have, the next episode we have Passing. It is a um, novel written by uh, Nella Larson back in 1929. It's kind of like semi-autobiographical, but it takes place in New York in the 1930s. And it's, Passing is the phrase used for when African-Americans during that time that are very light-skinned. Uh, could pass as uh, white people and usually would integrate themselves into the white community to avoid segregation and all that stuff. Um, so it's a it's a much deeper story that we're getting into, um, but it is also a Netflix original. And the I forget her name right now, but she's the Valkyrie in Thor. Um, oh, okay. She is yeah. the director of this. She's in it and she directed it. It was her directorial debut. So it's kind of cool piece on Netflix, but let's see who's going to read and or watch first. So heads is read, tails is watch, Jackie, what are you calling? Heads or tails? Mm, heads. Heads. Okay, heads and Jackie. Oh, we always do this. It's yeah. just choosing. We're so fucking dumb. We do yeah. this every week. Heads and tails don't mean anything. She's just calling it. And if she gets it, she gets okay. to choose. She's calling heads. Yes. So I'm going to flip it and we're going to go. And we'll still do this next week the same way because we're that stupid. Okay. <laughs> it is tails. So I get to choose. I will watch first. Okay. Here we go. All right, everybody. <laughs> next week passing. Uh, don't forget to like, follow, share, do all that crazy shit. Write us a review, even if it just says hi. Okay? Until then, uh, bye. Bye.